Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT, whether it be stateside, leveling up, or from the UK. This is a show where we talk about all things NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it's uh, supposedly going to be uh, uh, lots of rain, a precipitous spring, Boris. Lots of uh, lots of weather elements. Hopefully, uh, you know, April showers will bring May flowers. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for uh, for this snow to get off the ground, for spring to start springing. How are you feeling today, big homie? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good. It's been another busy week. But a very good, like, you know, I, there's a lot of people on vacation at work, so things have been a little more hectic, but ah. everything is going well, and it's a beautiful day outside, it's nice and sunny, haven't stepped outside just yet, so I'm a little afraid to do that, but I have a few things to do today, a couple errands to run, um, Matt. I did a little sum sum last night, and I'm so tired uh, because I, I had to catch up on my stories, you see. You know, I like my stories, right? <laughs> Boris likes his stories. Boris That's likes what his were stories. You watching? Yep, <laughs> what were I was you watching, watching last night. Euphoria. Oh, you're into the euphoria, are you? Yeah, man. So I, I've never seen it. I've heard, like, good things. You got to kind of be in the mood for it, too, I've heard. But it's basically, it's like a new artsier OC in a lot of ways, right? It is a new artsier drug-induced Degrassi. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so OC, I can see, like, I've heard the OC comparison the most is yeah. why I brought that up. That's not an original thought, obviously. I've never seen the show. But, uh, okay, cool, man. I, I'm not sure if Euphoria is high on my list, but you're liking no, it? Good it season? shouldn't be. It... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's a good show, but, again, like you said, it you have to be in the mood. You have to be wanting to watch it. There are times like so. I will say this: I tried. I was two episodes behind. I tried watching the second to last episode, the penultimate episode, as they call it, um, like five times, and I couldn't because each time something was going on, and, and you know, and it was just like, nope, can't do it, can't watch it just not, just yet. So I had to always wait. And then last night, um, I just had it. Said okay, power through. I power through. Boom, nice. man. Just, just, I haven't been this, like, what the hell after a season finale since The Sopranos. Oh, wow. So you're pretty shook in, in a good way, though. Like, entertained, but, like, rattled. Yeah. Yeah, it was very non-sports entertained. So, yeah, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was very good. But, like, you know, you have to wait. The next season's not coming until 2024. Yeah, brutal. I actually, like, accidentally did this the correct way maybe in, in in 2022 with Atlanta. I've never seen season two. I had seen season one. So I just, I waited until recently. I just got Disney plus for the first time. I'm enjoying it. And uh, in, in Canada, Atlanta is on Disney plus. Yeah. So yeah, I watched the first season back. It was awesome. And just last night I started my second season watch for the first time. So I watched episode one of season two of Atlanta kicked ass. I love this show. Can't wait to see more of it. And uh, that's coming back like March 24th or yep. late March anyway, right? Late March. No, Atlanta's a great show. I really, really like it. I'm an idiot, and I've been watching it as they came out. So I'm like just, yeah. you know, I'm hurting. Um, but, you know, you bring up a great point. Uh, and I forget which podcast I was hosting for a second. Uh, because, like, it's like, 
oh, why why is he shocked that Atlanta's on on Disney Plus? It's because you know we don't have Hulu here in Canada, right? So yes. Disney Plus has a lot of the Fox and Hulu shows as part of their Stars programming. Um, stars with an S. There's the channel Stars with a Z. Uh, Z yeah, not to be conf- for our yes. American fans, <laughs> not to be confused with the letter Z. Um, that's a whole other channel, and that's you know a whole other offering here up in the Canada land. Uh, but yeah, we have Stars with an S that has a lot of the Hulu and Fox and other more mature programming. Because you know what's on Disney Plus? That Pam and Tommy show. Yeah, exactly. Like Disney Plus isn't just like all the kids movies like that. I'm not going to watch that Pam and Tommy show just because I've heard Pam Anderson wasn't super pumped about it. And she was kind of abused in that relationship. So that's kind of just gross to me. Right. Like I don't I'm not about that. But like whatever. People are enjoying that show. Um, But yeah, I know Always Sunny is also on Disney Plus in Canada. Disney Plus in Canada is pretty good luck. It's not bad at all. Yeah, they have like How I Met Your Mother. Um, that that's a thing here in Canada. It moved from Netflix. It's just so weird, like all these, like trying to keep up to date. And it's so hard hosting a geek podcast talking about certain streaming services because I try to make the connection of okay, in Canada it airs on this streaming service, in the states it airs on this t- channel yeah. or streaming service. For example, Snowpiercer, the TV show, not the not the uh, not the movie or the comic, the TV show here in Canada. It's on Netflix. It's a weekly show on Netflix. People freak out because it's weekly and it's on Netflix. The reason for that is because in the States, it's a TNT property. Right. Yeah. Then that makes total sense. But I know what you're saying. It's another variable for you to have to worry about. It's hard enough keeping track of what's on what. But yeah. now you got to worry about two different countries and availability and rights yeah. and such nonsense. Yeah. It, it, it ends up hurting my head. Ends up hurting my head. But <laughs> here we are. Here we are. So, yeah. Caught up on some euphoria. Started watching the new season of Snowpiercer. That's why I brought that up. Um and uh yeah. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a week. It's been a week to say the least. Oh on Sunday you were busy because you like slept all Saturday night. So yes. you weren't able to join me. Um but I was able to go to the airport and meet up with the smack daddy himself, Greg. Yeah, how was that, man? Yeah, I meant to ask you about that. That's really cool. You and Greg like, hanging out live and in person. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was good. It was good. It just I keep forgetting how how different the airport is now. Um, a lot of things are closed, right? So you just can't hang out at the airport. Technically, I shouldn't have even been at the airport, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, we were able to just find a little corner and chat for like a couple hours. He gave me some beer that we're gonna be sharing soon nice. and uh yeah so i would just want to it was it was really cool it was really cool to you know meet these people in person yeah absolutely man yeah definitely be fun to crack a beer with uh the snme host and honestly any listener too as well it would be great to you know crack a beer one day and catch up I, maybe we'll see you around at some toronto indie shows or uh if AEW ever comes Probably not going to any WWE house shows, but I might go to SummerSlam or Survivor Series if Toronto gets that. Yeah, it's funny because like I would rather go to a WWE house show than a TV show. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've heard that before, too, and that makes a lot of sense. I just like the history of it. Yeah. Like, it's cool oh, to I say, like, I was at this pay-per-view. Like, I, I'll always remember being at Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg in Toronto, you know, like Goldberg's big comeback. Yep, same. 
it's like I will always love the fact that I was there for Hogan Rock, right? And in my mind, I was going to cheer. Well, just remember, this is 20 years ago this year. So when I say this next sentence, don't jump on me. I was a kid. I was in high school. It was then. Different time. I was ready to cheer for Hogan back then, right? I didn't know that 66,000 other people were also going to cheer for him, right? We're joining up. Yeah, but Toronto is a Hulk Hogan city, man, dating back to the famous uh, match at Exhibition Stadium in 1986 when they drew legitimately like over 65,000 people for Hogan versus Orndorff, right? But uh, also, uh, on the other hand, cancel Boris. <laughs> just throwing that out there. It's funny that you say that because I've thought of this, and I, we've never talked about this. And, and before we talk about NXT, has there ever been a city where Hulk Hogan loses more than Toronto? He lost both WrestleMania matches in Toronto. That's a really good point. He beat Orndorff in arguably his biggest Toronto match, but that's true. He lost to the he lost to the Warrior. He lost to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's a that's a good point, man. You know what? I would have never even thought of it though until you brought it up. So I don't think it's that bad. But uh, no, I think if you look at it, no, it's not a bad not- thing. It's just uh, one of those crazy random stats that I would love to like, you know bust people up in uh, pub trivia or something on. Absolutely. Hogan, 0-2 in Toronto WrestleManias, despite the fact that Hogan and Toronto are, you know, like peanut butter and jelly. We love yeah. Hogan in this city, or at least we used to before, you know, the things happened. <laughs> before things happened. Yep. Yes. No better way to put it. No better way to put it. <sighs> so, NXT. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we've wasted enough time. We should probably talk about NXT 2.0 from March 1st, 2022, big homie. But A weird before show. Before we do that, <laughs> yes. we have one piece of business to take care of, and that is our rating de jour. Every week, we change it up, as you know. Matt, what are you thinking for this week? Well, there's all kinds of uh, different situations we could do. We can always make fun of, you know, Wendy Chu or or one of these more ridiculous characters. I think the fact that Roadblock was so just shoehorned into the situation next week, we're getting Roadblock and it's like a big show. It's like a Halloween Havoc style show. I think we can go Roadblocks out of five this week. Just shoehorn it in like they did. Yeah, which is so funny because, like, I'm pretty sure that this is the five year anniversary or is it six year i think it's six year so so forget what i'm saying what year are we in 2022 this is 2022 yeah that's six years since the last roadblock because the last roadblock in toronto at rico coliseum that shoehorned um um um, uh, uh, house show turned wwe network special in toronto when triple h faced moxley or sorry dean ambrose Yes, and that was an awesome match. I was there for that one as well. Were you there? Funny, I I had tickets, but I was in Los Angeles for work watching that show with my cousin saying, well, I had tickets to this show. That was a Uh, fun show, actually. You limousine flying, jet riding, uh, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. I think I fucked up the first two there. Let's continue with NXT. Speaking of fuck ups, let's continue with NXT. (laughs) Actually, you know what? No. It wasn't the worst episode. It wasn't the best episode. Like in true NXT tradition, what was good was good. What was bad was bad. What was embarrassing made me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. 
Yeah, and uh, someone got injured apparently at the show. We don't have a ton of information, but we're going to give you uh, that update as it comes. Well, we'll tell you right now. It was Amari Miller, who was <laughs> apparently injured by Lash Legend. We'll talk about that more during the show. But yeah, like you said, good stuff on the show is always good. The bad stuff on the show is always embarrassing. And sometimes in the middle, you'll get something that just absolutely confuses and uh, <laughs> shakes you to your core. Boris. But it wasn't that. Okay, look, it wasn't that bad of a show. It wasn't that. Maybe it's because so. Let me tell you how I watch this show now. I'm done watching it live. I can't watch it live. I can't for the life of me. I can't watch it live. I try to watch it live, but okay. Go and on. I feel bad because not watching it live kind of excludes me from participating in the thread. And that, that's a big thing, right? Like, I used to really love participating in the thread as much as I could because, um, you know, at the same time, I'm trying to take notes like a, like a, like a real gentleman. And um, unfortunately... You know, it's just it's 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 not it's it's more me. I just like I have so much to do. I'm trying to get back on my Boris walks. I haven't oh, gained good, I haven't gained any weight, luckily. Maybe like a couple pounds here and there, right? But you know, I'm I'm still very much in like the I'm I'm going down phase. But now that the weather's getting a little more respectable, I'm trying to actually go out for some walks again. And you know, my five kilometer walks. So this like the past few weeks, I've really been trying to to go out for walks, especially now that I'm back on the road. If you remember that conversation. Yes. Anyways. I don't know. I love how I'm like I'm pulling an Andrada here and trying to like do everything but talk about NXT. <laughs> Anyways, um, I go out for my walk, and when I get back, uh, it's about eight thirty, eight forty. Start watching NXT, and it just like the show for me just seems a lot better. Maybe because I don't digest stuff during the commercials. I don't know what it is, but I just I've I've really enjoyed this new routine of watching NXT a little later, cutting commercials, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I often do that with NXT, actually. Like, purposefully, I'll come in at 8.15 or 8.20. Any wrestling show, come in a little late with the PVR going yeah. so you can skip through the commercials. I think that's a great move. I I, I love that well, move. So, yeah, it's good. That's how we and, use and Boris, go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Boris, let me tell you, buddy. Any time spent doing physical activity, exercise, bettering yourself instead of watching NXT is a good use of your time in life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, instead of sitting down to watch this god-awful wrestling show, if you actually did make a point to do exercise from 8 till 10 every week, that would be a, a way better way to live your life as a human being. So there's that. Yeah. All right. Let's start the show. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, show kicks off. Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett were on commentary. Tomasa Ciampa, Braun Breaker have their entrance. I love how they're both wearing the color for Steinler singlets. Yeah, this was pretty cool. So Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa come out dressed as the Steiner brothers, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode come out with their old school entrance. Robert Roode with the glorious. Yeah, that was cool. Nice little touch. Leads us into the first match. Braun Breaker with two Ks versus and Tommaso Ciampa versus the Dirty Dogs with a Z, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Roode. So, yeah, this is right up there for match of the show, which is actually impressive because we got a Gunther match and an awesome main event. But this was on the level of both of those, if not better, man. I, I really enjoyed this match. I think it was maybe you could say a shade below Ciampa versus Ziggler last week, but that was an excellent match oh, too. So Hold on. Awesome. Wait, hold on. Tommaso Ziggler? That match, and maybe maybe it's because like I'm on a high after I go for a walk and work out or whatever, <laughs> right? But that match could easily make our top 122 of the year, or 
the or, 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 or just off of the list. But that match was actually really, yes. really good. Absolutely. Yeah, I gave it three and a half and I might have underrated that. I'm going to go back and watch that. I might have to correct that rating because it, that match has stuck with me. I did like it, I think, a little more than I gave it credit for at the time. Look, anyway, this how match often, here. OK, but how often do we watch a match in NXT and remember it the next week? It's an excellent point, buddy. Very rarely at this point. Like, honestly, like almost never anymore. Yeah. All right. So I like this match. This match was well laid out. It was simple. It was your typical heel versus face tag team, hot tags. You know, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to get, give like, at the end of the day, everything NXT does when Breaker with two Ks is around, they're trying to push Braun Breaker. That, that's literally the entire purpose of, right, of, of NXT 2.0 right now, to push Braun Breaker with two Ks, get him up to superstar status. Yep. And honestly, Champa. Rude, Ziggler doing everything in their power to help with this. There was one scary moment in the match, and it happened pretty early, when uh, Ciampa kind of throws, I forget who it was, I want to say Ziggler, up to Breaker. And Breaker like takes a weird step when he catches him. Yeah, he stumbled, but it's still you. You'd have to be looking for it to like have noticed it in fast time. Like, but like Boris, it was a scary little moment. But Breaker is so incredibly strong and coordinated that he figured it out, and uh, Dolph Ziggler lived. And well, there was a few scary alive. moments in this show. <laughs> oh my god yeah wait till we get to a couple of these dusty cup matches for scary moments but yeah this was a solid wrestling match 14 minutes and 13 seconds from the time of the attack uh pre-match because uh i believe braun breaker and tommaso Ciampa jumped the bell and attacked the dirty dogs before the bell rang yep exactly uh so uh so champa tags in uh they hit rude with a st uh, the steinerizer the doomsday bulldog ziggler broke the pin that actually got me i thought that was going to be the end of the match so the fact that that wasn't the end of the match and this is an effect an effective way of continuing a match with a closed pin you know you'll hear every host on snme talk about like you know uh, uh, the, the the demise of finishers and too many close pins. But having one close pin like this was smart, and it was you know it was a classic move. The Steinerizer, which was the Doomsday Bulldog, such a close pin. Ziggler broke it up. I popped. Ziggler then tags himself in. Champa got the upper hand. He hits Ziggler with a fairy tale ending. They end up winning this match in 13 minutes five seconds. Yeah, 14 minutes, 13 seconds, like we said, from the jumping of the bell. So there's a pretty good beatdown in the in the ramp entranceway there for like a minute or so. So, yeah, man, this was a very strong match. I think I agree with you overall in the near fall. I see both sides. Like, the grumpy old man in me wants to say, why would you kick out of that? That's such an incredible That's not their finisher. That That's not their exactly. finisher. Think They're not the, the like, This is brothers. what I've always said. You know, people always say, DDT and Jake Roberts, he invented the move. He knows how to do it better, right? There's that psychological reason why certain moves can be deemed a finisher, right? Exactly. This is the first time these guys have done it. They haven't perfected it. They're, it's not their finisher. So for me, psychologically, and I know we're digging, we're, we're really digging deep, way too deep into this, but it makes sense no, why it could work as a non-finish. But it's when you NXT, have, buddy. you know, when you have, uh, like, you know, when you're constantly doing your own finishers and people are kicking out of them, that's when I lose interest. 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, man. Okay, so look at it like Skyrim, like an RPG of some kind, like UFC 4. Jake Roberts' DDT is level 100 prestige, five-star gold DDT. You know yep. what I mean? That's why Jake Roberts kills people. Shawn Michaels' super kick, his sweet chin music, is level 27,000 platinum super double triple gold, right? Versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker busting out this move for the first time. So that's the way I look at it. Also, if they were to flip these things around, I do think that the the Steiner uh, Bulldog spot would have been a better finish. But also, if they would have flipped the finish around with that and Tommaso Ciampa just hits a fairy tale ending and it's broken up for a near fall, that is not a memorable near fall at all. We might not have even mentioned it on the podcast, but this near fall was actually huge. Everyone thought it was going to be the finish, but it wasn't. So I thought it helped the match. I actually really like that. Yeah, exactly. So 13, 14 minutes, five seconds. Matt, how much would you, how many roadblocks would you give this match? We're going to go three and a half roadblocks out of five for this one. Solid 70% WCW superstar roadblock percentage, Boris. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to remind you of something that I said last week. That I take a look at NXT segment by segment. That's how I enjoy the show a lot more. And we're going to remember that as the show goes on. All right. LA Knight cuts a promo backstage he calls waller a jack off then talks about how he's heading to the ring right now yeah this led to an la night promo which was not his finest work on the microphone tonight i thought i thought it, it kind of seemed like he got cut off in the middle of his promo yeah uh, but before that gunther cut up cuts a promo hyping up his match against solo sokoa the ooze himself he said he's going to make sokoa the shame of the island he also said he's going to chop all the tribal tattoos off Sokoa and replace that with respect. I love this. I love Gunther. Yeah. Same. He's becoming a pretty good promo guy. I don't know how he's going to do with the microphone in front of a crowd for 10 minutes if they ever make him do that. But backstage in these pre-recorded things, he's great. Well, you know, God forbid the main roster hides people's, weak hides people's weaknesses, right? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know these. You should know these people. You should know what they're good at and what they're not good at. I, I mean, this is a three-hour podcast in and of itself, buddy. This is a whole separate topic. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's just Vince McMahon entertains himself and does exactly what he wants to do no matter what. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. All right, La Knight, he's in the ring. He's wearing street clothes. Uh, we got some yeah chance. Knight talks about standing tall Fuck, I hate that term, standing tall. And I'm I'm sorry for swearing, everyone. Just this whole standing tall, I find myself writing this in my notes more because it's said so often. Anyways, Knight says he's uh, talked about standing tall over Waller at Halloween Havoc. Knight called out the three fans chanting for Waller in the crowd and how pathetic that was. Knight then recapped the rest of their feud uh, through still shots on the, uh, on the Titan Tron because that's what I'm always going to call it. Grayson Waller cut off Knight's recap. Waller and Senga were standing on the on the crow's nest. Waller said he was the winner last week. Waller said Knight was a roadblock to his success, and he's done now. You see how you see what they did, Matt? Yes, yes. So they inserted the buzzword roadblock so that you, the viewer, would remember the term and uh, be more apt to tune in next week, Boris, for roadblock. Knight then said, uh, saying something that was censored. Knight showed on the Titantron how he was the one last week who 
was, quote-unquote, standing tall. Uh, Knight said that Waller needs to show that he has some manhood in his marbles by accepting a last-man-standing match. Waller accepted. Knight said for the third time next week he'll stand tall just because he won't let Waller have a chance. Yeah, so I thought this was a rough promo for LA yeah. Knight. Like I said, I think he got cut off early. Like he was stumbling a little bit and bumbling, and I think they cut to Grayson Waller's entrance far before LA Knight thought he, that he was going to, you know, get cut off. It seemed like anyway. But uh, yeah, pretty average uh, WWE promo here. I am kind of excited to see what they come up with. Last man standing, Grayson Waller versus LA Knight next week on NXT Roadblock. Yep. Andy Hartwell and Persia Proto were backstage. Proto was uh, suiting over Duke Hudson while Hartwell was worried about Dexter Loomis. So, Boris, we do have confirmation this week that Duke Hudson is not a, uh, you know, sex criminal. Him and Persia are actually dating now. They are together. They are, like, hugging and leaving together, and that they're an item. So that's good. Oh, man. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> just worth noting here on NXT 2.0. Please continue. Some of the, some of the, you know, there, there's, there's an <laughs> infinite number of combinations for words to use in the English language. Some of the combinations <laughs> that we use on this show to describe a wrestling show perplexes me, vexes me even. Uh, hey man, we're just, we're just telling you what happens. They're the one writing it, producing it, performing it. But that's the, we're watching it. And we're talking about it for free. Uh, well, we'll get a little beer on the side. but <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking and, of. And we're charging people to listen to it. Anyway, please continue, Boris. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of vexing, Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai make their entrance. Uh, toxic Attraction is once again in the quote-unquote Toxic Lounge. This leads us into the second match of the night, which was a first-round match of the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Wendy Chu versus the and Dakota Kai versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota. Yeah, two things about this match. First, we here at SNME Radio appreciate every one of our listeners and patrons, and we hope that uh, we get more and more as we continue to grow and produce fine content for you. The second thing about this match, it sucked ass. <laughs> Boris, what do you think? I did I did like that Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu are kind of trying babyface tag team spots, but this was just uh, it was a sloppy, bad match. It was a story-driven match. It, uh, this, the story is Indy and Persia are breaking up Go ahead. Yeah, that's you it. That's the story. It. Oh no, that's the end. that is the end of the story. That was the weirdest, most awkward way to end a <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I was, I was hoping it was kind of going for that, like you know, like there there should be more, but no, they're just they're just breaking up. They're just you know, <laughs> just that's like what's gonna happen. That, like you completely just threw me off. Anyways, this match wasn't that bad. It was story driven. Yeah, there was some okay spots. It wasn't anything special. Clearly, you didn't like this match at all. Um, yeah, so Kai hits Proto with a double stomp, ends up getting the win. Five minutes, 21 seconds. Wendy Chu, who, and Dakota Kai advance to the semifinals of the Women's Dusty Cup. Yeah, so it was fine. Like, it wasn't, like, an affront to professional wrestling. But I, I, overall, five minutes and 20 seconds of uh, four Women in NXT, two of whom have terrible characters in Dakota and Wendy. And I, I, we love both of those performers, but the characters suck. Uh, 
Yeah, I did. Uh, the finish was notable because, A, they pinned Persia Piranha, which I think is Persia's first pinfall loss in an NXT ring. She might have lost to, like, Raquel here and there, like, on, on her come up before she got, like, a character. But it's the first time I can remember Persia being pinned clean. Uh, also, Wendy Chu did, like, an exploding frog splash. Like, she's facing the opposite way, like she's going to do a moonsault. And then she jumps out like a Vader bomb, but she does, like, a frog splash. I don't think I've ever seen that move. It's not super pretty. I, maybe I know why I haven't seen it, but it was interesting. The, the exploding frog splash, Boris. Yeah. It happened. It How did happen. this match? We're going to go two roadblocks out of five. Slight fail. Like, good effort. I would, have given, I would have given this the at least the Mendoza line. The Mendoza line? All right. It's, it's maybe I was being a grump at this one. You, and were, it you are a grump. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Just a grumpy boy today. Just a grumpy man, Boris. I don't know what to tell you. Watch him euphoria. You'll feel a lot better about yourself. <laughs> or absolutely hate yourself. I don't know which one. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it might be the latter, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter because I'll probably never watch a moment of Euphoria. But uh, yeah, maybe I underrated this one. Maybe I was being too salty. Yeah, you were salty, all right. Um, all right, Amari Miller versus Lash Legend. Boy. So yeah, reports are that Amari Miller was stretchered out of the arena after this match because she was injured, presumably from the finish, which is Lash Legends fireman's carry into a power slam kind of thing. I mean, it's a little similar to like Wade Barrett's Wasteland, but she kind of tries. You know what it is? It, it looks a lot like uh, Keith Lee's Big Bang catastrophe. It's a little bit like that move, but uh, it was a catastrophe, yeah, it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Indeed, it was a catastrophe. I can tell you we didn't underrate this. Like, yeah, I, it, Lash Legend needs a lot of work in the ring. She's having bad matches and injuring people. Lash Legend shouldn't even be on level up right now. Probably not, man. Like, she's an incredible, like, athlete. She has a presence. She's in the, she has she a presence. In the WNBA, man. She's an incredible athlete. She's huge. She has a presence, but she's just, she's not ready for uh, wrestling on television. Yeah, the fact that after this match, she goes, talks to the camera, and essentially calls out Nikita, Nikita Lyons scares me for the health and safety of Nikita Lyons. Yeah, I kind of want to see them have a UFC fight more than a wrestling match, although the match might turn into that. It very well might, Boris. Yeah. But yeah, last legend, pins Amari Miller with, uh, with indeed quite a catastrophe, a Big Bang catastrophe thing, two minutes and 56 seconds. We're going to go one star for this because one roadblock out of five because Amari Miller worked hard and almost died. But I, I might have given that uh, six stars too many. <laughs> Wow. Uh, man, you know what? I can't wait for the eventual uh, Lash Legend versus uh, Dana Brooke match. Oh, no. Will that happen? Will the world explode before then? Maybe it'll happen in Saudi Arabia to oh, take God. the mantle from Undertaker versus Goldberg or Kane, <laughs> Kane and Undertaker versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels or whatever the worst Saudi match is. Oh, man. All right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews the Ooze himself, Solo Sokoa, about Gunther's promo from earlier. Sokoa essentially said that Gunther is in for a fight now because, you know, Good. clearly he wasn't earlier. Yeah, he wasn't in for a fight yesterday, I guess. That makes sense. But, yeah, no, uh, good promo here from Baby Ooze. I'm liking Solo Sokoa. He's coming along. From Boos? 
from Booze, 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 Magoose, Goose. No, let's never do that again. No, God, no, please, no. <laughs> Silly Goose. <laughs> anyway, Gunter versus Solo Sokoa in a wrestling match. All right. But before that, we had Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. They were oh, oogling over some pictures on their phone. Electra Lopez walks up to them uh, thinking they were talking about her ass. They said they were talking about trucks. And then Jensen acted like a dork, essentially saying he's never been. Like, well, I, I don't even remember. I didn't even take notes. Yeah. Because so, so this, what happened was, this yeah. was an affront to professional wrestling. <laughs> yes. And poor Brooks Jensen and the great Buchanan wrestling dynasty. Son of Bull Buchanan, he is, Boris. Anyway, so yeah, what happened was. They were talking about a truck and like the the back end. Electra Lopez walks by. She gets offended, and then she there. They mentioned that they weren't talking about her. Sorry, they were talking about the truck. Electra says, "Good because you wouldn't even know what to do with a woman like me anyway." And then Brooks Jensen, as though this is like he, like no human would ever do this. I know he's supposed to be a dumb idiot, and that's the joke. But this is just beyond the grasp of human comprehension. When Brooks Jensen, as a burn on Electra, says jokes on you i've never been with a woman that's as though any person you know would have ever possibly responded in that way so yeah i was i I don't know i i was trying to give these segments a chance but these are just absolutely terrible bottom of the barrel comedy you could argue it's worse than the worst of the msk stuff because at least the msk stuff ended up turning around they did the thing with matt riddle they got it on track it was bad but they're lovable you know, like, I don't even think Brooks and Jensen are necessarily, like, lovable guys. They definitely aren't as good in, in the ring as MSK. Like, they don't have that to save it. The, these guys are in deep trouble with this horse shit gimmick. Deep, deep trouble. I feel sorry for my boy Josh Briggs. Yeah, Josh Briggs is good. Brooks Jensen is very new. He's coming along. Uh, he's he's no longer embarrassing like Lash Legend bad. But, yeah, man, these guys are in deep trouble because this is goofball, bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. Like, yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible. Terrible comedy, terrible for their careers. No redeeming quality. Yep. All right. This leads us into Gunther versus Solo Sokoa. Uh, this match was a match. I like this match quite a bit, actually. Uh, yeah. Probably Solo Sokoa's best match. Well, you know, he had that really good one with Boa, too, not yeah. too long ago. And uh, Sokoa's, like, his last two matches have been pretty good. Now, he had a Smoke and Mirrors weapons match and then a match with fucking Walter, right? So <laughs> he's being put in <laughs> positions to succeed. But he delivered both times, man. Walter dragged this guy who? kicking and screaming, perhaps. I don't know who you're talking Gunther, about. Gunther, as it were. You could say he dragged him if you wanted to be a dick about it. But I think Solo held his own very good match here. Yeah. I, I really like this, right? And I think that, you know, taking a, like, peeling a couple layers off and taking a look at the actual story itself of this match, you know, Solo Sokoa is out there to prove that he is the man by taking down the biggest mofo in NXT, uh, and and, and he that's Gunther, right? So they were really trying to play that up, but he was in over his head at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It fits with Solo's like gangster character, like you know, like that mentality. Like you, you get onto the yard, you go after the biggest dog. You know what I mean? And I, I like this. I, I think he held his own. Seven minutes and thirty seconds it went, and uh, Gunther used two power bombs. One was not enough to put down Solo Sokoa. There's an awesome spot here where Solo hits the super fly splash, the Samoan splash off the apron to the yes. floor. That looked devastating. Yeah, just just an awesome hard fought hoss battle between Gunther and Baby Oose. 
yeah no i really 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 enjoyed this to say the least um i don't know why as you were talking and you because you you mentioned uh solo sokoa is kind of his 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 gangster his street uh character right yes can we please never even th- and I, I i i regret even saying this if they turn solo sokoa the baby ooze the ooze and to make a difference fatu Oh my god! Maybe like a Halloween episode, he could wear it. That would wear the gimmick once. I didn't even think of that. I really hope not. You, yeah, Vince McMahon might go that way. Like a positive spin on the character. It's a very fine line between like kid from the streets and make a difference, Fatu Morris for sure. It's a very. Thin <laughs> it really is in WWE. All right, so. <laughs> Um, I was actually expecting you because you love making comparisons to AEW. Hey, Gunther is the new Warlow because he hit two power bombs. I was totally <laughs> expecting you to say that. Well, I only make comparisons when they're true and smart and uh, clever and good. So, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I would tell you that this was three and a half roadblocks out of five. And like uh, like you said, Boris, a power bomb symphony for Solo Sokoa to win this match. Yep. Um, you know what must I think as devastating as his chops are, Gunther's pinning method must hurt. <laughs> oh, for sure. You just stacked up on the top of your neck like that. Yeah, everything Gunther does hurts a little. Like yeah. getting kicked like that, if you're not like incredible at wrestling and know how to like perfectly direct the boot to the right place and perfectly take the fucking the lick, you could get kicked in the face by a very huge man pretty easily. Yep. Oh, and, and have you ever seen Walter Gunther in person? No, actually, I've never Dude, been in the same possibly country as Walter. He is insane. Like, it's insane how built and big, and, and it's just crazy how big this man is. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, you, that comes across on TV, but for sure, he might be one of those guys where in person it's just like, wow. Yeah. All right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Dolph Ziggler about his loss earlier in the show. Ziggler demanded that he get his title match against Breaker with two Ks next week. Champa walks in and said that Ziggler doesn't deserve to be the number one contender after taking the pin from Champa. Braun Breaker shows up. Champa wants a title shot against Breaker. Breaker said that he can kick both their asses at the same time. Ziggler walks off, saying that he'll see Breaker next week. I kind of like Ziggler. Like, Ziggler is always too clever by half. You know, he's not quite as smart as he thinks he is, not quite as funny as he thinks he is, but he is still kind of kind of smart, kind of funny. And I did like him being, like, the manipulative asshole, the, the bully prick in this promo, turning Ciampa and Braun against each other. And that'll be a fun triple threat match, which is happening next week at Roadblock. By God, by God, by God. All right, Persia Perota apologizes to Indy Hartwell backstage. Hartwell accepted. Duke Hudson shows up, hugs Persia. Hartwell gave Hudson a mean glare as Perota and Hudson walked off. Hartwell looks nervous as Dexter Loomis isn't responding to her text. By God. Yeah, so I know the takeaway here is supposed to be, oh, man, like we're supposed to feel bad for uh, for Indy. And we're supposed to think like, oh, that that Duke Hudson's up to no good, right? But I, having watched this with the previous thing they presented us, as a viewer, I think the the actual reaction you're going to have is, oh, good, Duke Hudson isn't up to no good. He's not a terrible criminal. He actually has consent, and this is a real relationship. And you don't feel sympathy for Dexter Loomis. You feel like Dexter Loomis is being a little bitch about it. 
Am I wrong? One hundred percent, dude. <laughs> yeah, when we're adults, everyone's dated. Everyone has a past. Yeah, right. Can't get jealous like, about people's past, Dexty. Yeah, man. Like, come on. Like, we're not. I don't know. I know. Who writes I, this shit? It, yeah, I know they're trying to reach a younger audience, but you don't have to dumb your show down and you don't have to turn your characters into literal children in order to p- appeal to younger people. Look, you just have to be cool and do cool shit. That's all. That's all you need to do. Yeah. This isn't fucking euphoria. You know, uh, like this is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Life. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. this isn't Degrassi. You don't exactly. need to dumb yourself down. You just need to. Like, why can't wrestlers in WWE, regardless of where they are, what brand they're in, just act like human beings? So weird. And you see on AEW, generally, they act like like human beings, like crazy, wild, manipulative, insane human beings sometimes. Like dicks, you know, like MJF is like a, a above the pale. Like, if you met an MJF in real life, you'd be like, that guy has mental issues. But he's still like a person. You know what I mean? These people are not people, Boris. No, they're not. They're robots, right? They're honestly robots just, just going through motions of of of, of Pritchard and, and, and Dunn and other people. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Just act like humans. Act and, like humans. Yes, and the worst part of all of it, Boris, is this this Persia indie uh, Duke Hudson thing that we just spent, what, four minutes just eviscerating was miles better than the Brooks Jensen thing. Miles better. Okay. Harlan versus Draco Anthony. <laughs> I will say this, my friend. I am over Harlan. I am over this. Get yeah. somewhere with this storyline. You know, we talk about the success stories of 2.0 a lot, and there are some. Here is a giant failure story of 2.0. Harland used to be Parker Bordeaux, and he was getting hype online as being the next Brock Lesnar. And this can't miss prospect on the level of Braun Breaker. Now he's the the dull character from of Mice and Men. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what Harland is. That's exactly you know what, what he is, right? And uh, unfortunately, he's he's dragging Joe Gacy down with him because Joe Gacy is a pretty good wrestler. I think he's a great character, like an actor, but he's yeah. stuck with this weird thing they got going at this point that, honestly, this is starting to feel like uh, uh, like Ten Sha or whatever that, that group is called. Absolutely, and that just got absolutely scrapped and forgotten about, and I guess Boa has some remnants of it, but he's that, that'll be uh, shelved pretty soon, I'm sure. Along with and Boa. we're looking... Yeah, maybe. We're looking like this might be a step in that uh, direction as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, this is a tough one to rate. Harland, he's showing a little more offense. He has a finisher now. It's like a back suplex into a choke slam thing. I think uh, maybe Vader used to use that. He used it yeah. once or twice. I've seen big guys use that move before. Yep. This match tough was a one. whole whopping two minutes and 25 seconds. So there yeah. wasn't much to this. It was Harlan just kicking Draco Anthony's ass. Does that, uh, for some reason, I have in my notes a side slam. Uh, but you described it a lot better. Regardless, how many roadblocks would you give this roadblock? So like two stars is my like, well, that was bad, but that's a good effort. And yeah. one star is like, no, that was just bad. And I think it's in between that. So we're going to go one and a half roadblocks out of five. 30% rarely seen on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Harlan teased attacking Anthony, but he ended up giving him a very aggressive and awkward and non-consenting hug. <laughs> yeah, very, very strange there. But that's that's the character. That is this Harlan. 
Yep. All right. Mackenzie, hold on. The hardest working <laughs> reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams about Melo's match against Pete Dunn later. Melo's shirt was on point. Melo and Trick hyped up Melo winning later. Melo noted that after he takes care of Pete Dunn, there may not be any opponents left for him to fight. Trick Williams is so great. Mello is becoming uh, good on the microphone. He's never going to be as good as Trick because Trick is something special. His charisma is A+. Plus, I'm telling you, this guy's really something special on the microphone. But Mello's becoming something special in the ring. This act fucking rules. Excuse me for being a pirate and swearing so much this week. But I needed to punctuate how much I love Mello and Trick. These guys are dope. They're killing it. They're really, really, really good. They are one of the success stories we always talk about. Yep, 100%. Cement, a hundred percent. No, but honestly, Trick Williams is getting better in the ring. He's only going to keep getting better in the ring, right? So that's a positive. Carmelo Hayes is there. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for Carmelo Hayes to be signed to AEW and do much better stuff there. Um, it's <laughs> like, let's be honest. Carmelo Hayes is one of those guys who's fantastic in NXT. He's a good wrestler. It's just his size, right? Yeah, I'm worried, but hopefully, uh, you know, they let him overcome that. They still have had Shawn Michaels's. Yeah. They still have had Bret Hurts's. They've had CM Punk's and Brian Danielson's. They do uh, sometimes let that guy, like, break through that glass ceiling. And maybe it's Carmelo Hayes. Maybe he is that guy, man, maybe especially with Trick Williams by it, his side. I was going to say that maybe because of Trick Williams, right? Uh, like, in terms of a character, in terms of a package. But, you know, God forbid two friends can stay friends for longer than a year in WWE yeah. now. Excellent point. Yeah. They, they, they could easily be broken up like a big cast and Enzo, like a team that you would think why ever break these guys up. They're so perfect together. And then they're broken up within a year or two. Yep. All right. Ivy Nilo's boxing training was boxing on a training dummy backstage. Tatum Paxley shows up to apologize to Nile for losing last week. Nile said it's not that simple to join Diamond Mine, and if you want to be in Diamond Mine, you have to learn the hard way. Yeah, so uh, Tatum Paxley, she's got something. She's got a little charisma backstage. She can speak. She was noticeably pretty good in the ring. I think if like you're handing out like the average a replacement level wrestler, like 50 out of 100, right? Uh, I think... She's probably a solid 65 to 70 overall rating on 2K. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. The next match is for the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and it's a first-round match, and it's Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade versus Yulisa Leon and Valentina Feroz. Now, Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, like the fact that they were looking like a tag team. Cora Jade, amazing. I don't know what it is. I honestly... How did I not like her from day zero? It's crazy. Actually, I know yeah, how were... and why, but that's that's, <laughs> that's for Bam. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, no, she's uh, she's uh, really improving, and she's very uh, likable. Super, super charismatic is Cora Jade, and yeah, these were two tag teams: Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, wearing matching gear, as were Valentina and Yulisa. And this was honestly maybe the toughest match to rate since that crazy fatal five way between Adam Cole and Karrion and Cross and Kyle O'Reilly and all the guys who are no longer in WWE who used to used to run this NXT brand because this match was like 
by the Dave Meltzer scale of like crispness and uh, execution and like athletic achievements, this match was probably negative stars. It was, it was terrible. It was a scary disaster, but the crowd loved it. It was so entertaining. It went the perfect length for this, this exact match, four minutes, 48 seconds. I didn't want a second more. This is an extremely tough one to rate. Tell me how much more you hated this match, Matt. No, I like it. I like no, it. No, but like, but no, I mean, this match wasn't well, people... that bad. There were scary spots, oh. yeah. You know, when you <laughs> oh, yeah. completely throw Valentina Feroz into the air, who Gonzalez miraculously catches her last yeah. second, right? So, like, yeah. Ulisa Leon uh, catapults Valentina Feroz over her head, like that power bomb style, like, like throw. And man, Valentina is careening down to the ground head first and Raquel literally catches her out of midair and saves her life. I'm not joking, man. Like if you looked, I don't mean to be rude about this, but if you look back, I think you'd, you, the question wouldn't be, what did they do wrong? It would be, what did they get done? Right? Like what did they execute correctly in this match? But it was still awesome. Like the crowd was still with it the entire time. I wouldn't say that. Anyways, just like an OxyClean commercial. That's not all. Because literally right after Raquel Gonzalez saves Valentina Feroz's life, um, Yulisa Leon does a tope cannonball that again Gonzalez catches her. Yes. Raquel Gonzalez, MVP of this match, like catching, like catching people like you're supposed to in, in pro wrestling, like literally like out of midair in Feroz's case. I'm telling you, go back and watch that. That was terrifying. I, I screamed, jumped up off my couch. Yep. All right. So uh, Gonzalez hits Feroz with a Chingona bomb. Uh, Cora Jade tags in. Gonzalez lifted Jade in a Chingona bomb position uh, so that Jade can splash Valentina. Four minutes, 47 seconds. Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez move on to the semifinals. Sloppier than Sloppy Joe Day at your local high school, Boris. But you know what? A ton of fun. The crowd was screaming with it the entire time. And the way we rate matches here. At exactly. Bam, we got to give credit to like the theater of it all. The uh, the announcing, the the performance, the career performance by Valentina and Ulisa Leonso Boris. We're going above the Mad Cat Moss line. Maybe I'm crazy. Three roadblocks out of five. 60%. You're nodding. You agree. I'm nodding. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Let's move on. All right. Very <laughs> this thing. All right. So a bunch of NXT developmental women are impressed by Sarai's Henshin medallion. Okay. Number one. There were three blondes in this entire promo. I thought that each one was Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, is that Tiffany? No. Is that one? Oh, maybe. Maybe not. That one? Well, I think it's her. And then she just walks by in the background. Yeah. That's literally what happened. It's like, <laughs> which one? It's like, it's like, holy crap. It's like multiplicity or something. Remember that movie? <laughs> I don't. I do oh, not. Jeez. Um, you should watch it. It's good. Uh, all right. So Tiffany Stratton doesn't like the medallion. Uh, she shoves Saray into the garage door to leave her just lying there. But holy crap, cookie cutter wrestlers. Like literally, I thought, yeah, it was crazy. It, right off the assembly line. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the classic John Laurinaitis type right there. Yeah, pretty much. Have you seen the Bella Twins, mom? <laughs> Actually, no, I, I, I don't think I have. That'll explain a lot. Let me tell you that. <laughs> All right. 
Andre Chase, Booty Hayward make their entrance. Man, the crowd loves this stuff. They really are super, super duper about the Andre Chase, the Chase University. I don't necessarily get it, but hey, they, the crowd loves it. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo cuts a promo talking about he has his sights on a match at Stand and Deliver, but he doesn't say who he's actually thinking of facing. Yeah, so this was pretty, uh, you know, confusing maybe even. It was definitely uh, just left up to interpretation, but I do think that he's going to end up in this North American title ladder match. That's what I'm thinking. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Von Wagner. And Robert Stone make their entrance. This leads us into a Von Wagner versus Andre Chase match that I couldn't be asked to watch. Four minutes it ended up going. I just didn't care about this whatsoever. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you didn't miss a whole ton of uh, a whole ton of anything, buddy. It was a Von Wagner squash. Uh, Robert Stone got involved a little bit when Andre Chase was doing his Chase U stomps. What's that spell? Chase U. And then Robert Stone is up on the apron, leading to the finish where Von Wagner debuts a new move, I believe. It was like a fireman's carry into a neck breaker kind of thing. Like he throws him up like an attitude adjustment, but finishes it like a rude awakening, like a, you know, like the, the classic neck breaker. So, you know, we're going to give this two roadblocks out of five, but I do like the new finish and I like the Von Wagner Robert Stone pairing. They apparently call this finisher the Burning Hammer. That was, no, it is not a Burning Hammer. You could argue that it's like a reverse Burning Hammer, but the Burning Hammer is like the other way, right? The guy's in a torture rack position. It's kind of of a Burning Hammer drop-ish from there. Yeah. All right. I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one. All right. Yeah. Four minutes, ten seconds. That's about it. That's all I got. Yeah. Yep, two uh, two roadblocks out of five. Solid effort, I suppose, but not a good wrestling match. Yep. Um, having said that, keep Robert Stone and Von Wagner together. Do not let Von Wagner cut a promo. Don't even let him say you're just living in it to end the promos. <laughs> yes. Like, don't even don't yes. don't allow him to speak. He is the new <laughs> Giant Gonzalez minus the bodysuit. <laughs> Absolutely. I uh, 7.13 billion percent agree with you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. After the match, Vic Joseph acknowledges that Nikita Lyons blew up social media. And they cut to Nikita backstage. Her voice does not match what I think she, you know, like, you know how there's some people who just like you, you see them and they're like you, you, for some reason you you expect them to sound a certain way Nikita Lyons yeah. doesn't sound anything like I would expect That's funny I never got that thought but now I'll, I'll keep that in mind yeah it just never clicked to me I, I so much so that I don't even really remember her voice right now I'm not even it's not even really clicking in my brain that it would be so memorable to be different you know like I'll look for it though boys Yep exactly Uh so yeah she acknowledges Lash Legend calling her out that's pretty much it. Man, honest to God, they've been pushing Lash pretty strong. Like, if you're watching NXT, you know that Lash is somewhat protected and she's a big deal. I would have Nikita Lyons squash Lash Legend, like, a minute. 
destroy her and put like Nikita on a pedestal. Tell people this is our Jade Cargill. This is our Goldberg. She's getting a fucking push. She's fighting Ronda in two years. I think like if they're going to strap the rocket to anybody, it might as well be her because she showed more in her first match than almost anyone in NXT, male or female, did in a long time. Yeah, look, we, we understand why. Like, you know, there's there's two very good reasons why she's getting a lot of attention, right? Like, like let's be honest here. But let's be smart. Use this attention she's getting. Keep building the character. She's not the worst in ring. Let's let's just strap the rocket to her. Okay. I <laughs> it's you're not wrong, but she's above and beyond that. Like she actually but, did. But that's show, the point. But that's but, but, what I'm trying to her, say. Yeah. You know, it's her, her in ring presence. Yes. And her charisma. Yeah. Those are the two things yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> like, her look obviously didn't hurt. It's not hurting things. But she's she might be something special. She might be something special in a potato sack. You know what I'm saying? Although she does have gear that looks like it's airbrushed on. So it, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, but, like, but this is the thing, right? Like, they have the attention, the obvious attention yes. is what I'm trying to say. But she has the in-ring to back her up. She has the charisma to back her up. She could have the talking to back her up, give her more promo time. She'll get there, right? Like, this is someone who in NXT 2.0, Matt, was able to capture non-wrestling headlines. Absolutely, man. In NXT 2.0. So, like, if this if this girl is even close to as good as she could be, I think it's worth pushing her above everyone else. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly that we're saying the same thing. We're just two different routes to get there. <laughs> I used ways, or sorry, you used ways. I walk there. <laughs> like, all right. Yes, anyways. I take I, I take an Uber. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, where are we? Uh, yeah, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams make their entrance. Uh, we get the Pete Dunn entrance, and it's time for the main event: Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunn for the NXT North American Championship. Yeah, I said it before. I'll say it again. Trick Williams in the background. Just have him in the background for every single match in WWE. <laughs> Actually, no, don't, can we get I a Trick Williams cam? <laughs> I definitely watch a Trick uh, Trick Williams like watch along. Yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> I'm not even a watch along guy, but I would watch that guy talk shit about anything. I would watch that guy recite the phone book for three hours. I'm dead serious. He's he's an amazing talker. So funny, so charismatic. I like this match a lot. I was pretty scared. It went into the ring at like. 956 or something. I was like, are they gonna give these guys two minutes? But they they just went ten minutes past the hour. They always have an overrun. I don't know why people after so many I, months no, are still surprised right. that NXT gets an uh, overrun. You're right, but this one went like 10, 11 minutes past. I did not expect that aggressive of an overrun. Yeah. You're right. Okay. I'll give you that. You're right. Look at me agreeing with you twice, giving you credit <laughs> twice. Personal what growth. A <laughs> you hear that? You personal growth. Anyways, um, no, th this match was great. One thing I've noticed right away: this match didn't start with Pete Dunn. I was—I don't know why I said Williams. Pete Dunn uh, eviscerating Carmelo Hayes for ninety seconds. Yeah, I usually you're used to Pete Dunn just starting this match like a ball of flubber and just bouncing around the arena until the other man is just destroyed. But yeah, though this was a, a slower start. I actually think thinking thinking back, I I would probably say their previous match was slightly better. I think, but so. this was still it was still a very good wrestling match. Yep, exactly. 
look, I feel like Carmelo Hayes is standing on his own now, right? Like, I kind of feel like this was a test for Hayes to see how he can go about a match with Pete Dunne, not, like, dragging him, right, throughout the entire match. So I think Carmelo Hayes is great. His offense is so – he makes things look so simple. He makes bouncing off the rope just look seamless, Absolutely. And he's very good at working WWE style, quote unquote. And the way that I would quickly summarize that in a nutshell is like finishers and signature moves are like super important. They're the most important thing. And the whole match more or less is built towards trying to hit his big signature WWE style yes. moves, right? Like his big suplex into a suplex into a twist of fate thing. He tried to hit that three or four times and he's got that kind of WWE psychology like baked into him. That's kind of already how he wrestled, even yep. as Christian Casanova, if you yep. saw a couple of his matches. So he's like, he's like born for this in a way, you know what I mean? He like naturally is WWE style. Yep. I love that Melo used the La Mystica submission. Yes. Um, Dunn escapes, and he gives uh, the, the, the wishbone finger break. The end of this match left a lot to be desired because Trick okay. Williams got in Pete's face as they're both uh, setting up for a superplex. Trick Williams on the apron. Somehow, randomly, Trick Williams, the camera angle made it look a lot worse, I think, but Trick Williams essentially hands his hand to Pete Dunn. He does the finger break. Mello shoves Dunn off the top rope. Uh, then he hits him with his top rope scissor kick for the win. Yeah, so I do. I did hate the ending, and it's such a lazy trope, like, like interference leading to finish. We saw it twice on Level Up. We're just going to tell you about that real quick in a second. But yeah, just very lazy, and I do think the ending hurt this match uh, pretty severely. Because it was like, you know, the second or third time we'd seen it on the show and they just go to it so goddamn often. So, yeah, man, I'm going to say that we're going to go three and a half roadblocks out of five for this one. We'd still say it was match of the show, but the uh, the finish heard it. Yep. All right. After the match, Trick Williams grabs a mic and he says, and still the A champion, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes announces that he's defending the North American Championship at Stand and Deliver in a ladder match. Yeah, I actually like this a lot. I think it was Blaine. I saw someone on the group post like, why would Melo ever do this? He's the champ. Why would he book himself in a hard match? Because that he's that guy. He's the guy who wants to prove he can do everything. He wants to prove that he is the best, most fancy wrestler, and he'll beat everyone in a ladder match because the old greats of NXT have already done that, right? Like, he's trying to... He's trying to win six rings. He's trying to, you know what I mean? He's, he's chasing like MJ. He's chasing like Kobe. He's not chasing like easy wins. He actually legitimately wants to like be the record setter, like the the best wrestler that NXT has ever seen. And he's so cocky that he wants that smoke. You yeah. know what I mean? So See, I think there's, it fits there's, his character perfectly. There's two types of heels. You have your shitbag heel who runs yeah. away from a fight. And then you have a Carmelo Hayes-like heel who is out there to prove that he is the best and he will put himself in these situations. This isn't the first time in wrestling history there's been a heel where he says, I'm the best, I'm going to fight everyone. This isn't Happens, This isn't new. Yeah. Happens all the time in the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar, Charlotte did it in this year's Royal Rumble yeah. in 2022. They call their shot. Yeah, exactly. So it happens all the time. Basically, every New Japan Cup or G1 has kind of the same situation, the champs in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Yep. Why put yourself in that situation to prove that you are the best? 
Yes. So I, I think that makes a ton of sense. He wants the craziest, hardest match because he's that arrogant. Sure. Makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. So that was NXT. You see, looking at each thing, this show wasn't horrible. The middle of the show was a little tough at times. And it was, you know what? The, 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 the okay, you can say what you want about the in-ring on some of the tag team matches, the women's tag team cut matches. But it's the backstage promos that are really hurting this. The Josh Briggs oh. stuff, freaking ridiculous. Oh. The Saray stuff, horrible. The Tiffany Stratton uh, doppelgangers. What the hell am I watching? Yeah, the indie the indie love triangle is is pretty bad. Someone Lewis, dump cold ice water on this entire roster. <laughs> this is a thirsty uh, roster of NXT talent. For sure. Yeah, I agree with that. The in-ring is still like, it's hit and miss, but the good matches are still pretty good. But the backstage segments are pretty awful. Yeah, and then you have Lash Legend. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Lash Legend is a good talker. She's a good talker. uh, She's got what Nikita Lyons has minus the in-ring. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, and minus a lot of the outring too. But that's uh, yeah, she's she's on oh, that. Oh, Matt, one. do you need a cold shower? <laughs> no, I think we're good, buddy. <laughs> you want to quickly talk about Level Up from uh, yeah. Friday, February twenty fifth, two thousand twenty two? I watched this show with music on, uh, kind of half watching it. I don't think I'm not comfortable giving <laughs> ratings to these matches, but they were all like average two to three stars. Yeah, exactly. But we'll just there were three matches. All relatively short. Two of them had dick bag endings. Let's talk about this. <laughs> the first match was Zion Quinn versus James Drake. Yeah, James Drake, Zion Quinn having a good little match. James Drake is a great wrestler. He's really, really talented. Both grizzled young veterans are. And uh, leads to a distraction finish. James Drake wins uh, with roll up and a legal pull of the tights. What was it, like five, seven minutes? It was four minutes, 48 seconds. There you go. So, yeah, it was becoming a good little match from what I could see, but then cheesy classic WWE finish. Yep. And then you had one weird ending. The next match, Electra Lopez versus Saray. This was a another. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> another cheesy interference finish. And Saray, who's been getting this huge push with this new character, loses to Electra Lopez on friggin' NXT level up. Now, of course, there was chicanery. I think it was Raul Mendoza got involved and got kicked right in the mush by Saray. It was he got booted in the face for his trouble. But then Electra Lopez wins with the glam slam, the uh, the bitch clamp, if you will. Yep, and then it was Jacket Time, your favorite tag team, Kushida and Ikman Jiro versus Joe Gacy and Harlan. Tough beat for Kushida, who is now 0-2 on level up, although uh, Ikman Jiro ate the L here. He ate the fall. Harlan pinned him with a big splash, looking like the world's strongest uh, man, Mark Henry. Yep, and this match only went about seven minutes. And again, very basic match. You're not going to get five-star classics. This really does feel like an elevation or a dark. Yeah, this is basically NXT dark elevation. That's exactly what this is. It's not even that level. It's NXT dark. It's 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 level up. It's a level up you see from that. <laughs> By God. <laughs> All right. Let's go across the pond. All right, we're going to be talking NXT UK from February 24th, 2022. Matt, I have to ask, because we haven't even talked about this. 
What did you think of this show? Well, uh, there are ebbs and flows in wrestling, right? Uh, you know, peaks and valleys. And right now they're in a valley, but they're about to hit a peak. I thought this was not the strongest show, but the next week and the week after look awesome. Look really, really good, and I'm excited for both. So, meh, you know, wasn't the strongest, but still, uh, we trudge on, and I can't wait to see what they have up in store for us next. Well, we'll talk about this, but both championships, male and female, are getting new contenders, and I'm very excited for both. Yeah, big time. I figured you might be excited for the female championship <laughs> contender, bar. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get there soon. Speaking of cold showers. All right, let's start. First match of the night was Amal, the French Hope, versus Zaya Brookside. Yes, the British Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> I was literally going to say that, but I'm going to confuse myself and listeners if I were to call <laughs> Tiffany Stratton Zaya stateside and Zaya Brookside. Uh, anyways, you know where I was going. <laughs> Crumpet McPhee or something. I don't know. <laughs> Rumpage McPhee? No, I was not expecting that. I did not see where you were going with that one. Please I continue. didn't either. All right. Amal versus <laughs> Zaya Brookside. Um, so Zaya Brookside is a better wrestler than this. I feel like they're holding her back or something's going on with the booking, with the storytelling, that they're trying to like dumb her down. And and I this reminds me of Christian circa WrestleMania X8 20 years ago. Interesting. I can see what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's good when wrestlers work their character into the match, but it's kind of she's becoming the throw a tantrum lady, and it's it's kind of at the detriment to her actual in ring work, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Again, the point of this match again was to you know build up them all. They're really building her up. She got the big win last week um, against Nina Samuels. She got the big win this week against Zaya Brookside. That's the point. But it's to the detriment of Zaya Brookside. I think that's fair, man. Yeah, that's fair. But it's okay. They're they're positioning Zaya as this heel. It's not. It doesn't have to be a forever gimmick. But this current gimmick that she's at is not a world champion gimmick anyway, right? It's no, like exactly. it's like sh this this character should be losing to the Amals of the world. Yeah, the commentators are helping though. I will give the the commentators some 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 credit here because the fact that they're saying. Oh, Zaya Brookside's going to be on the phone later, right? Like calling her dad. Like they're really trying to help the story yeah. and progressing the story and not making her look like a complete loser. Or maybe they are. I don't know. But I kind I kind of feel like you know let let let's take a step back with Zaya Brookside. Give her at least one win, clean win, and make her throw like a parade or something. I like that. That's a good idea. The over celebration for the heel. Yeah, that, yep. that's fine. But yeah, this was pretty average WWE fair. Amel wins with the Hope Breaker, which is a sit out leg trapped spine buster in six minutes and 14 seconds. Yep. All right. Backstage, Sid Scala informs Noam Dar and that joke coffee would get a shot at his NXT UK Heritage Cup championship in two weeks. Joe and Mark Coffey squared up to Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels. Scala said Coffey and Samuels could settle their beef in the ring also. Yeah, I like Shaw Samuels a lot. He's growing on me. You know, we all know how I feel about Noam Dar. We rate matches out of, uh, you know, uh, supernovas for the great Noam Dar. Every week, ever since I said it, which I think was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Noam Dar... And Shaw Samuels remind me so much of, of Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Except much better. Except like 
you know what it is? Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss are are their grandfathers. These yeah. guys are the modern version, and Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss are characters from the forties. Yeah. Yep. All right. Pretty deadly. We're trying new tops on. When it was revealed that boom, 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 someone cut holes in their outfit. Oh dear God, the horror! <laughs> it was revealed that it was Jack Stars. Oh man, I love this so much. It was just really funny because their whole gimmick is like weird fashion and like shirts with like holes in them and all kinds of things anyway. So it just it's just very funny because you might not have even known that they cut holes in their shirts. They might have even liked them more. But uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of cheesy pro wrestling, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll take it. Yep. All right. The second match of the night was Rohan Raja with Tioman and Charlie Dempsey versus Danny Jones. Danny Jones is a guy we haven't seen too much of lately, but he's a solid hand. Good wrestler. I like some Danny Jones. Yeah. Rohan Raja. This was kind of a showcase for Rohan, yep. though, and he uh, got a good win in about five minutes flat. Yep. Um, yes. He ends up winning with a backstabber and a reverse cutter. After the match, Defamil unleashes a beatdown. On poor Danny Jones. Matt, how many crumpets, how many supernovas would you give this match? Yeah, Rohan Raja wins, like you said, a reverse cutter. It was a jumping flatliner. It was basically the the Shelton Benjamin flatliner where he jumps up high in the air. Uh, we're going to go, I'll, I'll go above the Mendoza line. We're going to go three supernovas out of five for this one. 60% crumpet McPhee percentage, Boris. Yep. <laughs> crumpet <laughs> McPhee. What the hell was I thinking? All right. Then we get two back-to-back very weird vignettes. The first one was for symbiosis. Uh, Eddie Denny spoke about getting back on track. All right, that was the gist of it. The next one, though, was very weird. So we see a trucker or a truck driving down an empty road. He stops driving, gets to inspect some fur on the road. We hear some oinking. That was the entire vignette. Yeah. I mean, it's like the first thought that comes to your mind if you were a wrestling fan around 1994, 95, Boris, is are we getting Mantar back? Sure felt like a Mantar type character coming here, like a werewolf beast man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably that wild boar character that they had a while ago. Oh, I, I totally forgot about that guy. It's certainly what it is. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it seemed way too expensive. <laughs> yeah, definitely put a lot again, of production value into that one. It, the, the, the fact that it did have a high production value. I don't know. Like some, some, whoever's directing these, these, uh, these promos, whoever's, uh, the, the, uh, planning these, whoever's filming these is doing a fantastic job. We've seen some very good vignettes lately. Oh, a million percent. Yeah. Like, ah. Hells, we always go back to Jordan Devlin and uh, Ilya Dragunov's feud that they built up. They they had some awesome promos there. A hundred percent agree with you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even realize when you say a million percent. No, I, yeah, I, I, I do it on purpose, right. but that's baked into the pie. That's, that's deep within me. I, uh, I'll be I doing it. that by accident a lot too. I know. I love it. It's just sometimes when I actually hear it, it's like motherfucker. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> All right. Um, this I loved. A kid confronts Defamilio and said he thought Dempsey was better than this. Dempsey said, "Maybe I was," and does a Pete Dunn shrug. Yeah, I like that. Maybe. So we still haven't seen Dempsey. Like he's always been kind of reluctant. He always it always takes him a second to join in on the beatdown. He hasn't fully committed to Defamilio. So I think eventually the turn is coming and he's going to be a babyface. Yeah. But for right now. 
He's a heel. And we're going to get A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey soon, and that match is going to slap. It's going to be so good. Going to slap. The kids say that. I, <laughs> yes, I, I, they do. I understand that that means that it's good. <laughs> That's what I've been told. I am 34 years old, and that just but, came but, out but of my I, mouth. I still don't understand Dude, how that you saying you. that slaps, how <laughs> that could be a good thing. In my day, when you get slapped, it hurts, and it's a bad <laughs> thing, you see. Also, it is worth noting that your day and my day was very much the same day. We're like two years apart. <laughs> exactly. All right. And then it's time for the vignette promo of the year. Michael Satamora makes her way into the BT Sports studio for the celebration of her NXT Women's Championship reign. Andy Shepard praises her for elevating the NXT UK Women's Division. And we got a highlight reel. Shepard presented her with some flowers. Setamora goes on the mic and thanks him and the NXT UK universe. Then the lights cut out. Isla Dawn starts a promo. There's some, and I love how the entire promo changes in production, in everything. We get some grunge music. We get a different cinematography style. Uh, Dawn thanks Setamora for giving her something to strive for and desire. Isla Dawn said she needed their final trophy, uh, which Satamora possessed. Satamora said she could have a title shot if she asked. Isla Dawn said she doesn't ask for things. She just takes them. She kicks Satamora. Dawn stole her flowers and started eating some petals to my heart's desire. <laughs> yeah, Isla Dawn uh, looking good in more ways than one here in this uh, promo and... I thought that, the, like you said, the production value was very interesting here. They switched it all up. They made her really feel like a big deal. It reminded me a lot of Gold Dust's old promos. Yes. It had that Gold Dust kind of vibe, that weird, like, hazy filter on the screen. Well, they changed the frames per second. That's how you get that, like, chalky feeling. Ah. Yeah. In interesting. There you go. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Two very fantastic, <laughs> fantastic performers here. <laughs> Yeah, yes, indeed, Boris. Yeah, Boris, big fan of this Isla Dawn promo. Yep. All right. Ilya Dragunov accepted Nathan Frazier's challenge for a match for his NXT UK championship. Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter make their entrance for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship match. Mustache Mountain make their entrance. And it's time for the main event. Mustache, Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate versus Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. Yeah, first things first, I really like that little Ilya Dragunov promo. It was pretty well done on his part. He uh, treated Nathan Fraser like a big deal, but said, you will lose this match. Yeah. I'm better. I'm going to beat you. But this is your first step toward a long and illustrious career. And maybe one day you might be the one who takes this title from me. But right, right now I'm going to kick your ass. All <laughs> right. And before we jump into the main event, I am so grateful that this is NXT UK and Vince McMahon forgets that he has this brand. Because <laughs> exactly, you know where I'm going with this, right? With Ilya Dragunov as your NXT UK champion, and right now he's a face, and with stuff going on in the world, and we know how Vince McMahon loves doing stuff and having reflections of the real world in wrestling. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, and the the temptation is to say, well, it's 2022, he wouldn't do that. But uh, I submit to you, um, Mace. T-Bar, Slapjack, and Reckoning, and of course, Mustafa Ali. Who? And we saw, yeah, exactly, right? The milk carton. We should bring that one back. But uh, yeah, man, 
Uh, yeah, no, they will definitely, uh, they will definitely still play off the, uh, the news. They did retribution like a year ago. Yeah. So, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be hundred percent, man. I am a little nervous even in NXT UK with what's going to happen with Ilya Dragunov. It's a good point. Yeah, man. It's actually a really good point. I, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Ooh, so we'll see. All right. So this match, this match, I have to say I wasn't the biggest, um, uh, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter fan, but they had a great match. Yeah, they're growing a lot, man. I Same. can definitely see why I NXT agree. has pegged them as like future champions, number one contenders. They've come a long way. Yeah, and Ashton Smith is it Ashton Smith who the, the one that kind of looks like Ricochet? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's just these guys are really good, right? Like they 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 work well as a tag team, as does Mustache Mountain, obviously, right? But there's a small part of me that wants, and I can see Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter actually winning the belts because of the screw job ending, weird ending that this match had. Yeah. So yeah, it was another uh, brick in the wall here between Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. It's another little step in their story. So Tyler Bate clear baby face wants to do things by the rules very zen this tyler bait character and uh he hits ashton smith with uh bop i believe it is the right-handed punch which one biff or bang hit bop and bang on smith yes yes uh i'm not sure if it was bang or bop i think it was bop and then (laughs) the second one and then uh ashton smith takes the bump he is out tyler bait goes for the pin one Two, Smith gets his foot on the rope, but Trent Seven runs around and pushes his foot off the rope. Very heel-like because Trent Seven is desperate to hold on to these tag team titles and will do whatever it takes even if Tyler Bate doesn't agree. Yep. Yep. I, I really like that because, like, for a couple weeks, they kind of they went, went a little tranquilo with that storyline, right? But they're really bringing it back, and this match really took it tenfold, right? Like, I yep. can't wait for, the, for for tomorrow's show because you know they're going to be, like, having this promo where, 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 where Bate watches playback, right? And he's like, why did you do that, bro? Why? 100%. And, yeah, and also, uh, coincidentally, pretty deadly – uh, will be on that show. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But I think Pretty Deadly are going to be the ones who win the tag team titles back from Trent Seven and Tyler Bate uh, kicking off the feud. And maybe Ashton and Oliver can win it from them. Yeah. You know, honestly, I want to say Pretty Deadly in NXT stateside. Uh, I think that that team is for sure a team that can make it successfully. Yeah. I don't know. But they'll at least have fun in NXT. If if you were talking about like talent and like people who deserve pushes or whatever, they should be on the main okay. roster. If I think they're good enough. About to be on the talent main and people who deserve pushes, Tyler Bate would be yeah. at least IC or US champion, uh, and would have been in 2018 or 19, right? Yeah. Like years ago. So yeah. yes, 100 million percent agreed. Yeah, I would say this match was right up there with the first match on NXT 2.0 this week. Uh, maybe actually the first match on 2.0 was better, but it was right around that level. We're going to go three and a half supernovas out of five for this one. 70% solid B in Canada. Good main event. All right, man. So before we go, you have to run down all the cards Excalibur style. Have fun. Yes, yeah, I'm not going to even attempt to do it as quickly, so don't expect that. But yes, upcoming Thursday, March 3rd, 2022, NXT UK TV, Mark Coffey versus my boy Shaw Samuels. Unofficial number one contender for the NXT UK tag team titles, Pretty Deadly versus Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff. The winner of that one, probably getting the next title shot. 
and Boris, one of the matches I'm most excited for in all of wrestling. One of the combos that I couldn't wait for as soon as I saw this guy get signed. We're getting Ilya Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier for the M uh, for the NXT men's UK title. Oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait for this. I really, honestly cannot wait for this at all. Dragunov versus Fraser for the NXT UK title. That is tomorrow, March 3rd, 2022. Next week on 2.0, NXT 2.0 Roadblock, March 8th. 2022, we have last man standing, Grayson Waller versus LA Knight. We have a tag team title match, winners of the Dusty Cup, the Diamond Mine, Brutus and Julius Creed versus your NXT tag team champions, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel. And we also have triple threat for the M- for the men's NXT title. Why do I keep saying MXT? Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler versus Tommaso Ciampa. Man, that Excalibur makes it look easy. Right. And doing it live. NXT, yeah, doing we it still live. have more, buddy. Still yeah, more, buddy. Go. NXT UK, March 10th. We have a Heritage Cup match. Noam Dar versus Joe Coffey. That'll be fun. We love Noam Dar. Hopefully he gets a little uh, promo time the week before to set that one up. And then Stand and Deliver, April 2nd, 2022. Early morning, 11 Eastern. We're no, going to start. No, 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 with- no, no, no. It's noon. It's 11 Central. Oh, sorry. Thank you very much for that clarification. Noon Eastern, 11 Central. We're going to start probably the show with a North American title ladder match. It's going to be Carmelo Hayes versus The Field, but I think it's safe to say Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo will both for sure be part of The Field. Yep. Yep. Stand and deliver. All right. So having said that, we're going to be talking about WrestleMania week. We're going to figure out all the shows. We are going to be covering every major show that WWE has that week, and then yes. some. We might have some special shows. We might have some special roundtables. Tons more. So be sure to check all that out. Check the Facebook group. Um, this week, little programming change. So on Thursday evening, the old Fs are coming at you with All Elite Weekly as they talk all things Dynamite. That's on Thursday evening. Then on Friday, we're back with Bam. We're going to be chatting some some MLS soccer. We're going to be chatting some NBA. We're going to be chatting some Major League Baseball. And then on the wrestling side, it's going to be our catch-up on all things Japanese pro wrestling. Yes, mostly New Japan. We're going to talk about the main event of the 50th anniversary show. We're going to talk about that Okada Naito match that happened a little bit ago that people are losing it for. And we'll talk a little bit about the New Japan Cup, although I don't think we're going match by match through the NJPW Cup this year, buddy. We'll do that for G1. We're not doing it for the Cup. For the later rounds, we will, but in a 48-man tournament, you know, we can't. That's just a little too much. Um, All right, and then on Saturday, it's your Dose Show Day. First off, in the morning, your Smack Daddies are back, talking all things SmackDown. In the evening, Dark Side of the Elite come at you with the Rampage rollout. Then on Sunday, not only are you getting the flagship show with Mike McGuire, there is a pay-per-view, pay-per-view, PPV, yeah. a real one. That's AEW Revolution. 
after the show. We are having an after party. Your old Fs are going to be hosting that. Appearances from other hosts of the SNME podcast of families. But there is an after party. If you're listening to this show, you're a patron. You'll get your Zoom link ASAP. Um, and join us after the show on Sunday. It's going to be a fantastic show, I think. The card looks amazing. I'm super excited for that. And then that leads us into the next week when we get into a whole slew of other shows here on the road to wrestlemania in wwe land all right ballergear.ca get all your snme merch that is it matt i think we're good yeah get your last patron standing picks in if you don't have them in i only have like half the field uh we have like 10 out of 20 right now we need them all obviously before march 6th also, uh, check out Operation Sports if you care about WWE 2K22. We have a lot of info going up about that. And we're actually, you know, a lot of people are uh, very, very excited about this game. Our views are through the roof this month. So that's pretty awesome, Boris. That's awesome. Yeah, honestly, I'm really excited about WWE, the new WWE 2K game. Um, I think I'm going to get it first day. I haven't pre-ordered it just yet, but I think I'm going to. Yeah, you're. Uh, I'm right there with you. I was thinking, yeah, payday on Friday. I might pre-order it, depending. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see. I haven't pre-ordered a game in like years, though. It's honestly been like a decade. Yeah. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. Until Bam. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.